And now, it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. Welcome to another episode of Witness Radio, the only show that doesn't care about ratings, because our sole purpose is to save souls, on purpose. Go to witnesstalkradio.org for more episodes, and make sure to like us on Facebook. Last night, we went back to Washington Park near downtown Cincinnati for an evangelism outreach. This was homework for the Way of the Master Intermediate Training Course that I teach on Wednesday evenings at Hyde Park Baptist Church. Things seemed to be going well at first, and everyone was having a great time. My wife and kids were enjoying the playground, while my friends and I were sharing our faith with patrons of the park. Unfortunately, there was a lady that wasn't enjoying herself and tried to ruin the good time being had by others. A crazy lady with a Jamaican accent was causing problems for just about everybody. My wife was around when the lady started her antics. I was with the kids in the uh, sandbox area um, while you were getting ready to go evangelize. And um, there was a couple of other ladies there with kids. And and then a little boy showed up and demolished one of the other little kids' uh, little sand concoctions. And um, one of the ladies there just kindly asked him to play a little bit friendlier with the kids, not knock down their stuff unless, you know, they got the okay. he got the okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure we all thought that was about the end of that. And then, um, this woman comes over and just goes off on this lady for, for saying what she did to her son and giving her son an attitude. And, you know, the lady tried to say, look, I didn't give him any attitude. I just asked him to play nicely. And I mean, I was there, the woman was not mean at all to this child. I was just very polite in the way she approached him. And the woman um, just came over and was nasty. And then her son had come back again. And she came back again and was cursing and talking about the, the people there taking over the sandbox. And it was just, it was just odd. It it was... It was a situation where this woman truly was making a big deal out of nothing. Meanwhile, while getting my gear set up to do radio interviews, I see this angry lady dragging her kid away from the sandbox area, cursing and shouting about slavery. She came past me and I offered her a million dollar bill. Crazy lady stared at me for a minute then said, I don't want that. I replied, okay, well, have a great day. She began mumbling, and I reiterated my great day comment. It's very important to be nice, even when you're rejected. I went about my business and began looking around the park for people to interview. Out of the corner of my eye, I noticed that crazy lady in the distance, yelling at someone else, but looking my way. Thinking nothing of it, I asked a guy sitting on a bench if he wanted to be on the radio. He politely declined, and I told him to have a great day, too. As I looked up, the crazy lady was now yelling at a park worker and pointing in my direction. I thought, well, that can't be good, but 
went about my way. A short time later, I was in a different area of the park, still searching for an interview, when four park employees stopped me and asked what I was doing. I told them that I was looking for people to be on the radio. One of the workers said I couldn't do that there, and I informed her that the First Amendment states otherwise. Then another worker mentioned that someone complained about me. I asked what the complaint was about, and they said some lady, the crazy lady, uh, told them that I propositioned her kid with money. I was shocked and told the park workers that I did no such thing. I shared with them how I offered the lady a million dollar bill, mentioning that it was a gospel tract, and another worker said, oh, so you're soliciting, you can't do that here. I informed her that I'm not soliciting because I'm not selling anything, but giving the millions away for free. And I also mentioned again that the First Amendment gives me the right to do so at a public park. It was at this point that they waved their boss over and I started thinking that maybe I shouldn't offer tracks to crazy people anymore. Once the supervisor came over, he was filled in on the whole ordeal and made it clear that I was allowed to do radio interviews and hand out tracks, but then told me not to step on anyone's toes. said, I'm not. It's not my fault that lady was in a bad mood. Thankfully, they let me off the hook, and I continued walking around the park, but not before I offered them each a million-dollar bill. Ratings. We don't need no stupid ratings. You're listening to Witness Radio with Ryan Muriak. <coughs> but we like Ryan. <coughs> we do! Just go to witnesstalkradio.org. After the incident at the park last night, I want to stress the importance of not going out alone. Granted, there are some situations where going solo is inevitable, but you should generally seek a friend to join you. Even Jesus sent his apostles out two by two. In Mark 6, we read, And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two. We also see Jesus repeating this with the other disciples in Luke 10. After this, the Lord appointed seventy-two others and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place. There are many benefits to going out in pairs or even groups such as having a collaborative witness when someone wrongly accuses you of misconduct. For example, my wife was my partner last night, and while she wasn't right beside me during this encounter with the crazy lady, Elaine was in my line of sight. A companion can also encourage you when fear is paralyzing you, or rebuke you when pride rears its ugly head. Going out with a partner is great during open-air preaching because you can take turns, which allows your throat to have a break while the preaching continues. It's also helpful for when someone gets really angry with the message because your friend can act as a buffer zone between you and someone's fist. An evangelism buddy can record video as you get arrested and even call an attorney for you. Unless, of course, they get thrown in jail too. But even then, a teammate is beneficial because you can keep each other company while waiting to make bail. So find a pal that wants to join you on those evangelistic endeavors. 
If nobody wants to come out, pray that someone would have a change of heart. Jesus said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Eventually, I did find someone willing to be on the radio last night. His name is Eric, and he was a professing Christian. Well, maybe? His answer sounded like Christianity, but then he threw some other things in there that were definitely not biblical. Do you have any type of religious belief? Oh, yes, sir. I believe in the Most High God, Jehovah, Yahshua. He has many names, but uh, I refer to him as Yahshua. Okay. Uh, what uh, what type of uh, religion is that? Uh, I'm going to say Hebrew. Hebrew? Okay, so you're Jewish? No. I just, I can't really say, I can't really claim a religion because I don't call my God Jesus as, as in the Bible. I call him Yahshua, but I believe in the Father and I believe in the Son, so I don't, I don't really know what to call it, but I do have uh, faith in the unseen. Okay, so uh, what, uh, according to your belief, what does someone have to do to, to get to heaven? Um, you just have to be a good person. I mean, you have to repent uh, and praise God daily. You have to form a relationship with God and the Son. And you must believe in the Son in order to get through God. That's that's why that's why the Lord uh, sent him down here, so so the the big wall of sin can be can be broken down, and people can still you know get into heaven. So I guess we just just be a good person and uh, take care of each other as you would like a younger sibling or whatever. Just just love one another and, and do what you have to do uh, for each other to the best of your ability. So. Uh how do you think you're you're doing so far? Do you think you're a good person? Uh, I don't I don't I don't know if I'm a good person because in the Bible it says, "No man on earth do good if and if not." So, I just say I try, I try to my best ability to be a good person. You know, I mean I help people. You know, occasionally I I do give homeless people money. Uh, you know, I I, I do community service at visions. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a young scholar. I'm a role model to many people. You know, I've started my own organization, so I give back and I spread wisdom and I spread knowledge. So I I I, I guess I guess I'm just striving right now. So uh, you said you got to be a good person. You think you're doing okay? Do you think uh, like if you were to die today, do you think you'd go to heaven? Uh, I will hope so. Let me put you through through a quick test, okay? Good person test. Uh, how many lies have you told in your whole life? Many. What do you call someone who tells many lies? Uh, a liar. Uh, have you ever stolen anything, even something small? Yeah. What do you call someone who steals? Uh, a thief. And uh, have you ever used God's name in vain? Most likely. That one's called blasphemy. That's very serious in God's eyes. And one more, last one. The uh, Bible says, do not commit adultery. But Jesus said, whoever uh, looks with lust has committed adultery already in his heart. Have you ever looked with lust? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Eric, by your own admission, you know, I'm, I'm not judging you. This is what you've admitted to me. You're, you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous adulterer at heart. That doesn't sound like a good person. Oh, no, it doesn't sound like it.
But look at me not for what I have done, but for what I am doing. And look at me not for my sins and make correction. But just look at look at what I do. You you say you're not judging me, but you're looking at me as a stranger, so you don't really know what I do and how I impact the community. You don't really know who I am. So you're just going by the bad things that I've done, and you, you, you can't really see the good. So I do not hate you. I am not mad at you because you feel this way. It's just I forgive you, and I still love you. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing really big, but you would just have to see me uh, and, and be around me more to know uh, what good I do. So uh, according to uh, your religion, um, it, it's kind of a, a, a scale or uh, good versus bad. You know, if you do more good, uh, it outweighs the bad type of deal? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I just, I ask, the Lord is the only one I need to ask for forgiveness. You know, so. Well, it, it sounds like what you're talking about where good outweighing the bad, that, that's called karma. And that's, uh, that goes into the, the, the Hindu religion uh, where, you know, you do more good works and bad works to, to get your sins forgiven. Uh, that doesn't sound like uh, the, the God of the Bible that, that you were saying you believe in. Okay. Your point? Well, my point is, um, if, you're, if you're not sure what your God, what your God requires of you, to, to go to heaven how can you be sure that you'll go to heaven when you die I know what the Lord requires of me and I'm carrying out to the best of my ability what does the Lord require of you to be a good person as I said to take care of one another as I will take care of myself to look out for one another to feed them when, when they are hungry to clothe them when they need clothes you know and that's what I do and then the more you, you, the more you ask me questions, trying to deny my faith, you're trying to make me angry. But I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that because the Lord is my God, and I have patience. So I will overlook your insults. I'm not trying to insult you, sir, I'm, and I'm not trying to make you angry. Uh, I'm simply asking questions to to get a, a a firm understanding of what it is you believe, and to, you know, if, if by chance your faith may be shaky, to maybe firm it up a little bit. You know, we, we, uh, the Bible says that we're all to give an answer for, for the hope that we have within us, you know, so we should know what we believe, right? Yes, sir. I know what I believe in, and I have the utmost faith for my God. So, does your God punish sin? Yeah, I mean, I, I get in trouble for what I do, you know. It's, it's always consequences and repercussions to, to your own actions, so... I know I get in trouble. It's just it's just a matter of learning from those mistakes. You know, as I said, you asked me if I was a thief or if I was a liar. You know, I'll be wrong if I said I've never done things like that. So I have. I admit it to the truth. Now, does that mean I, I'm still a thief? I'm still a liar? No, it doesn't. I just admitted to, to doing these things once before in my life. Now, if I were to ask you the same questions, you would tell me the same answers. Unless you were truly a liar, or a thief, or scandalous, or adulterer. No, I, I, I admit that I, I've broken God's laws as well. Um, but, uh, you know, let, let me ask you this. Uh, say someone commits murder, you know, one time, 
but it was a long time ago, and they did a lot of good stuff after that. Are they still technically a murderer? That's a good question. Give me a moment. Okay. You can never really, I mean, he will always be labeled as a murderer because that is what happened, you know. I mean, you can, but you can't always be judged by, by your past experience, you know. Everybody is going to make mistakes. That's why we're here on earth, you know. We're here to, to make mistakes and learn from them. But, you know, it says in the Bible one of the disciples was a murderer, you know. One of, one of the disciples was a thief, an alcoholic, you know. But, but Yahshua didn't judge them. So, you could, you got you to gotta really... You gotta really think about it. You know, um, looking in in the Bible, uh, since you brought it up, you know, that that's true. What you were saying, you know, the apostles they they weren't perfect men. In fact, none of us are perfect. Uh, the Bible says that there's none good, no, not one. You know, that that's why you know I put you through the good person test when you said you got to be a good person. You know, because we're all gonna fail that test. You know. But there's a reason that I put you through that test. It's it's not to condemn you. You know, because of our sins, we're already condemned, the Bible says. You know, I, I put you through that test uh, as a way to show you your your need for a Savior, you know? You know, because we all, we all need a Savior. We all need Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, what a... Where I came up with those questions was from the Ten Commandments, God's moral law. And we've all broken it in thought, word, or deed, you know. So, unfortunately, the Bible also says that there is a punishment for breaking God's laws. You know, not just, uh, not just you know, consequences here on earth, but there's an eternal punishment, a place called hell. Revelation 21.8 says all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and sulfur. That's a place called hell. It also says, No thief will inherit the kingdom of God. It says, uh, God will not hold you guiltless for taking his name in vain. And that's not good news at all. It's horrible news. But that, that's the reason that I share it with you is because I want to warn you of, of what could be in your future. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm not trying to insult you. I'm not trying to judge you because I'm just as guilty as you are. You know, we're all guilty before God. But God did something for us so that we could be forgiven of all of our sins. Do you know what that was? Dying on the cross. Yeah, that's right. He sent his son Jesus. Now, Jesus, he was perfect. He never lied. He never stole. He never used God's name in vain. And he never looked with lust. He was perfect. But he died on the cross anyway, not because he deserved it, but because you and I deserve it. See what I'm saying? When he died on the cross, he was taking a, a, a punishment for us. He was paying our fine with his blood. We deserve death because we've sinned. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. You know, we earn it every time we've ever sinned. And the only way to have your sins forgiven is by... Uh, the shedding of blood. The Bible says that. Hebrews uh, 9.22, I think. You know, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Uh, but, you know, just believing in Jesus is, is not 
enough because even the demons believe in God and they tremble. See what I'm saying? Is this making sense so far? Uh, yeah, of course. I, I understand. Okay. So, Jesus said something in Mark 1.15 for how we can be forgiven of our sins and how we can have eternal life. He said that we need to repent, which isn't just mean doesn't just mean to say you're sorry for your sin and then keep on sinning. It means to do a 180. You know, to have a complete change of heart, a change of mind about sin and no longer desire it, but to to turn towards God and to put your trust in his son Jesus and what he did on the cross. You know, when you do that, he gives you a new heart with new desires. And he makes you a new creation in Christ. And then he also will grant you eternal life. He says, you don't have to go to hell no more. Even though you deserve it, you don't have to go to hell. I want you to come come to heaven. That makes sense? Yeah, 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 I'm following. So, Eric, knowing now that, you know, we can't be good enough to get to heaven... Because we all sin. And knowing that Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day to pay for your sins. Do you remember what I said? Well, what Jesus said you have to do to be saved? Uh, you have to be a good person. You have to be uh, uh, resentful or basically repent. And, and just follow his order. Just follow his law to the best of your ability. Well, no. See, that that's still us trying to work our way to heaven if we're if we're just striving to keep the law because we're 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 sinners in the flesh. You know, we're we're never going to be without sin until we go to heaven. But Jesus said to repent. That means to turn away from sin. You know, not not saying that we won't slip up, but that means we no longer desire to sin. We no longer enjoy sinning and we will put our trust not just believing them but trusting Jesus with our lives you know like you would trust a parachute if you were to jump out of an airplane you don't just say yeah that's a nice parachute and jump without it it does you no good you got to put the parachute on put your and trust your life to it and you need to entrust your life to Jesus Christ and him alone so Eric I want to thank you so much for talking to me is there uh, anything you want to share about, uh, you said you had an organization or anything, you want to give a plug or something? Uh, yes, sir. Um, I have my organization called the Senator Support Program. I uh, started down at Taft IT High School. Um, it's basically a mentoring and tutoring organization where uh, the the uh, 11th and 12th graders mentor and tutor the 7th and 8th graders, providing uh, academic assistance as well as motivational and uh like like life learned lessons, you know, preparing them for high school and uh, getting them uh, envisioned on college and engaged in college uh, or post secondary activities, you know. So uh, it's a pretty good program. Well, that's awesome. Is there, is there a website or anything? Uh, uh, you know, for more information? Not yet, but I do have a Facebook page. Okay, what's the Facebook page? It's uh, the Senator Support Program. Okay, cool, Eric. Thank you so much for talking to me on Witness Radio. How well do you know the God of the Bible? If someone makes a false claim about him, are you able to detect the lie right away? When someone says, my God is God of whatever, or my God wouldn't do 
something, can you refute their counterfeit claim about God? The U.S. Treasury knows all about detecting counterfeits. They come across millions of fake bills every year. How do they know every bill that's a fake when criminals are constantly changing and improving their printing methods? Do they learn every phony bill? No. The Treasury Department just diligently studies the real deal. And when you know the fine details of a genuine product, even a minor difference becomes a glaring mistake. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Christians, we need to know God. We need to know His Word. Study your Bible. It isn't meant to be read only in church. Daily we should be reading. Daily we should be devouring the truth about God. When a Jehovah's Witness comes knocking, do you know why we call them a cult? Check the Bible. When Mormons start peddling their false beliefs, can you tell why they aren't Christians? Check the Bible. How do you know your faith is genuine? Check the Bible. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 8, 31 and 32. <sighs> Until next week, the fields are ripe for the harvest. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and share your faith. May God bless you.